When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey folks, before we get to this week's episode of Positively Trek, I'd like to take a moment to give a special thanks and shout out to some of our Patreon supporters. It is you who makes it possible for us to bring you this show each week. So, thank you so much to Carl Morris, Joyce Marin, Jim Stoffel, Dave Garcia, Rick Young, and Paul D. Kinnear. To become a Patreon supporter of Positively Trek, simply go to patreon.com slash positivelytrek. You can join at any level, which will give you early access to some episodes and access to other features including associate producer credits and shout outs thank you so much to those of you who have already pledged to help out the show and to everyone else thank you so much for listening and now let's get on with the show Okay, we have a lot to go over, and I'm really looking forward to this because we've got some stuff, new stuff to look at. We've got something from Discovery. We've got something from Prodigy and more. It's not just that. There's a lot of things to discuss. Hi, I'm Bruce Gibson. Welcome to Positively Trek. And with me, as he always is, Dan Gunther. Hey, Bruce. How's it going? As usual, the and more is doing a lot of work this week. <laughs> yes, and more. Lots of stuff here. So I have to admit, we were going to record this podcast a day and a half ago. This is now a Sunday afternoon. And we realized, well, by the time this episode comes out, you guys have already seen something that comes out in New York Comic Con related to Discovery and Prodigy. And it's like, you guys would have to wait another week for her, for us to talk about it. And so we were like, you know, let's just wait. Let's wait till we get Discovery and Prodigy. So we had a list of news items we were going to discuss and still will discuss on top of all this. So let's start with the first thing. On Saturday, we had the Star Trek Discovery trailer drop, also key art. And of course, there was the panel that was all around that. So Dan, I haven't talked to you since any of this has come out. So I would like to know what you thought of the trailer. Well, I'm pretty impressed, obviously. Really nice to get another bit of a look at season four of Discovery. We're seeing a lot more of that world of the 32nd century that we're going to be seeing this season. And yeah, I really enjoyed the trailer. Some of it plays as a little generic, a little following some things we've seen in previous seasons. There's a big threat that's threatening the galaxy and... There's a little bit of hints of, you know, the crew's going to go a little rogue and Burnham's going to kind of go rogue and do some stuff. So we're kind of following some of those same beats. But at the same time, I feel like they're going to do something different with it this season. Like it's going to be not exactly as we see in the trailer here. And we all know marketing and how, you know, they they massage things and make trailers look a certain way. But yeah, that was my kind of my first impressions was... Oh, this seems a little familiar, but still something fresh and new, I think. Okay. Well, I'm so glad you said all that because it's exactly how I felt. I was thinking, oh, I'll get on here and you'll be like, oh, the trailer was great. And I'd be like, well, there are a lot of familiar things to this. <laughs> <laughs> I felt the exact same way. I loved seeing, of course, the crew, seeing the new uniforms, seeing all this stuff that we'll talk about here. I mean, it got me excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is coming in a little over a month. And But at the same time, like story-wise, I feel like it doesn't really feel like we're getting anything new. But to your point, I'm like, well, 
maybe we're just not seeing, you know, maybe all the treasure is hidden. We're not, you know, we're not being exposed to what we're really going to see that we're just getting the action packed. Here's, you know, a bunch of action scenes. Here's some nice little light scenes real quick. And here's the big threat to the galaxy. And I've seen a lot of people online say, Oh, another threat to the galaxy. And I admit I'm thinking the same thing. Like here we go again, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, I like to keep, my mind open and just think this is just a trailer. I can't really form an opinion until I actually watch the episodes. Mm -hmm. And we've seen in the past where the trailer for a new season kind of sets something up. And this is something I've talked about before. The trailer tends to be just the first couple episodes, right? It's kind of setting things up and the way the actual season plays out tends to diverge quite a bit from what we see at the beginning, right? So, you know, I, I feel like this might be setting things up, but I still feel like it's going to go in a direction we're not expecting. I agree, and I hope so too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I can't imagine, though, that they would uh, just say, let's just keep doing what we've been doing, right? There's so many opportunities right now because we're in the 32nd century the Federation is forming back together now that the burn has been resolved. And there's so many opportunities to get all the members of the Federation and maybe even non-members of the Federation to reform in the fold of the Federation again and be in contact with each other. I mean, there may be planets that were friendly with each other that haven't spoken in over a century because they've been disconnected from each other. So now what happens when you reunite them? Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping we see more of that formation, which I think I heard in the panel, there is going to be some of that. It's not just going to be this easy. Everybody gets together again. Yeah, for sure. And the other thing I want to bring up, and this has kind of been my experience watching Star Trek Discovery, is the big sci-fi stuff that's happening. You know, that's interesting and that's important and that's a part of Star Trek. But Discovery always tends to be about the people and the relationships between these people. So as important as the background story is, and I'm sure it'll be important. And again, like I said, I hope they go in a different direction than what it appears initially in this trailer. To me, the the heart and soul of Discovery is always the relationships between the characters that we see on the ship, as well as the relationships between the different groups and that kind of thing. So I really feel like that's where Discovery shines. And that's where I pay most of my attention in that show to my enjoyment of it, if that makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. And again, I've read some of the things that were mentioned on the panel. Uh, There's an article as we're recording on trekmovie.com where the cast does talk a lot about this and Michelle Paradise showrunner also talks about, and, and there are things that come up about the characters finding themselves and the challenges they have to face and, you know, their self-discovery and their relationships. And one of the things that was touched on is Stamets and Burnham, because at the end of season three, we saw that Stamets wasn't too happy with what Burnham did with him at the end of that season. Mm -hmm. And when she comes out as captain, everyone's, Beaming and smiling and Stam's just like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but apparently they, you know, Stamets is loyal and he'll follow his captain. And they've indicated that, you know, the, they'll work it out, which I'm not surprised. I can't imagine these two characters wouldn't get along through a whole season. Yeah, for sure. Life is just a blink. It is one heartbeat in the entire lifespan of the universe. Captain? Captain? Are you with us? Today we seek to understand a threat like none our galaxy has faced before. What exactly is this anomaly? We're not certain. Our ship was hit by something. Together we will meet this threat to our shared galaxy. Until we understand the anomaly well enough to predict its path, billions more lives will be at risk. Not on our watch. Leadership is about balance. Your acts of bravery are huge swings of the pendulum. And there is a very fine line between a pendulum and a wrecking ball. It'll be bumpy. We could be destroyed. We're totally going to ignore that warning, aren't we? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I've lived a good life. Jump. With so much at stake. Countless lives. Futures. Once we enter the anomaly, we are going where no one has gone before. Wherever we come from, whatever our experiences, you got this. We're all in this together. I gotta have hope that we'll find a way to stop it. We cannot let fear define us in this moment. The future remains uncertain. But the captain in me knows anything is possible. Ready when you are, Captain. Let's fly. So I, I think we should also talk about some of the individual stuff that we saw in the trailers as well, because there's some things in this trailer that are making some waves on the internet for sure. Mm, I wonder. Ooh. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, well, the Federation president, I guess, is kind of the the lesser of the two things <laughs> that are kind of the big ones. Uh, the Federation president, apparently part Cardassian, part Bajoran and part human from what the people behind the scenes are saying. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Didn't we get an indication earlier, like a few months ago, that we heard maybe the president was a mix of different species? I feel like this sounds somewhat familiar to me. Well, I think it was just from seeing her in the trailer. That was what people were guessing. And people speculated. Yeah. That. Okay, yeah. Because so, we've, yeah, we've seen her then. before. It's just now they're, right. this panel, they're, they confirmed that. Yeah, so they confirmed it. I know her name is uh, Rilak. So that's pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, that's cool. And also, the Navarre uh, look like they're members of the Federation again because there's a Federation flag being handed over. That's pretty cool. A little bit of progression from what we saw last season as well, of course, with them maybe not joining the Federation at the end of the season, but initiating those talks kind of thing. They, we saw the uh, the president of Navarre at Federation headquarters and. You know, maybe a little nudge, nudge, wink, wink between her and Saru. But that's a, that's a separate thing. You know, we'll see how that plays out. But definitely a closening of relations between those two characters and Navarre and the Federation. Yes. And the Quat Malat, we see them on Bookship. Mm-hmm. That really got me interested. I really love this group. <laughs> yeah, they're one of my favorite additions to Star Trek canon in the last few years. I really like the idea of the Quat Malat. And uh, even beyond Canon Trek, how they've been used in the uh, in, in Una McCormick's autobiography of Mr. Spock and stuff like that. I really think this is a fun addition to the whole Star Trek universe, and I hope they continue to be used in fun and interesting ways. Me too. I have a feeling there's a whole episode devoted to them and book together. That would be cool. Um, yeah. And also here, because, you know, Book can also pilot the ship as a, as the spore drive in addition to Stamets. And that was brought up on the panel. We don't see that in the trailer, but they do have a scene together, which they never had before. And I guess they kind of, you know, jockey their positions. Yeah, <laughs> apparently it, it was said they share the keys to the ship or something like that. <laughs> right. Like Who that. has the keys? Give me the keys. Yeah, that's kind of fun. And of course, Grudge. We have Grudge mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. You got to throw Grudge in the trailer if Grudge is going to be there, of course. And I mean, the new uniforms we've seen before, but you and I were just talking about this yesterday because we saw a picture of Burnham in the captain's chair in her red uniform. And I mean, these uniforms are growing on me more and more. I really love these things. Oh, I, th- I love the uniforms. I think they're beautiful. Yeah, I, w- I would love to cosplay in these uniforms. I, th- I think they're gorgeous. I keep wondering what they look like with a belt, like the maroon uniforms mm. from, from the movie era. Yeah. Because they have a similar look to it. You know, there's a mix of that. And you just see mixes of different types of uniforms we've seen before into this, but being very unique at the same time. Yeah, for sure. So. But yeah, it's the same colors that we had in the 24th century, with red being command and gold being engineering and security. And of course, the blue with sciences, medical. Well, medical, we see white. Mm -hmm. That's the one uniform that's 
isn't as appealing to me. I like the prior white uniforms better than this because I the black stripe on it. I like the when it was just all white. It looked really sharp. To mm-hmm. me. Yeah, I do like that they're continuing to use the white for medical. But yeah, I did prefer the the older uniforms as well. I'm really looking forward also to seeing these uniforms on action figures. Hint, hint, playmates. I know you've got you're working on stuff. I I keep resisting the urge to continue searching for Playmates Star Trek figures to see if there's any new news. They're coming next year. I've just got to be patient. But uh, let's get the Discovery crew in these uniforms because dang. And also in these uniforms, we see Jet Reno. I was so happy to see her in the trailer. Tignataro returning for season four for sure. So that's really cool too. And of course, we have to get her line, oh, well, I lived a good life. (laughs) (laughs) I love her so much. She's so terrific. Me too. I watched her stand up. I think it was on Netflix about a month ago Mm. where it was like animated. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this in the, why? like, I'd rather just see her live on stage. I was like, I don't want to see it animated, but I really loved it. Oh, that's (laughs) awesome. The animation stuff was great. I got to check that out. I haven't watched that yet. Yeah, it was fun. I I really enjoyed it. You know, we saw another red uniform, um, but maybe this is one of the things you're talking about that was just the controversy online. People are getting their, their, their Frankie in a wad or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's lots of people complaining online about this Ferengi. Personally, I was thrilled to see a Ferengi in the trailer. And honestly, the more I look at this kind of redesign of the makeup, like they've been given a bit of a makeover here. I'm not seeing a huge diversion from what we know of the Ferengi. Like things are changed up a little bit. There's kind of a little bit of a point on the ears and that kind of thing. But really, you know, I think of Jordi LaForge and James T. Kirk. And if you put those two next to each other and people are like, how could these be the same species, right? Like Cisco next to... Chekhov. I don't know. You know, like there's so much difference between humans. I don't, when you put it in that context, I don't see a huge difference between this guy and Quark or the Grand Nagus or Rom, you know, like, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of digging the design personally. Yeah. I like this design. There's a little more detail to it. You know, they have a bigger budget that they can put into the makeup and such when they're designing and creating these species but this isn't anything new of course you know we've seen redesigns of klingons even before discovery and even romulans i mean we've seen this stuff even Endorians don't look the same on star trek enterprise as they do on the other series and mm-hmm. these Endorians even look just a little different actually these Endorians look more to the original series than the enterprise ones did Yeah, and don't even get me started on the trill. I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) That too, right. So, you know, but then again, I can understand where people are like, you know, don't change a good thing. We like the way the Ferengi look. Why why mess with it? And to your point, it still looks like a Ferengi. It's not that drastic of a difference. It's just the ears are maybe a little pointed. And to your point, you know, Bill Smith at Trek Geeks tweeted this out yesterday about the Ferengi. And I remember responding something like, you know, well, gee, you know, not all Ferengi look alike. You know what? Not all humans look alike. Oh, my gosh. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> to your point, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, like to continue the the thing, like even if you look at Dr. Crusher versus Yeoman Rand, like the hair never looked like that before. What was going, you know, ah, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, I, I get it. You know, people, you know, like to keep it consistent and looking the same, but also discovery just hasn't been doing that you know Mm -hmm. i mean i wouldn't even say the bridge of the discovery from first season is consistent looking with what the enterprise bridge looked like in the original series like you know even the special effects aren't consistent (laughs) (laughs) they're not using a a model and filming it in four by three and you know yeah no it's it's, things evolve it's fine i i personally think this looks really cool you know what else I've noticed that looks different? If you look at the cast that was on Discovery and now Strange New Worlds, Pike, number one, and Spock do not look like they did exactly the way they did in the cage. Mm-hmm. It's it's very off-putting. You know, when I was watching Star Trek II, Savick, she looked different. I was just going to mention Savick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. So there you yeah. go. Okay. Enough of that. But I know one thing that hasn't changed. I can never remember the name of the species, but Morn, there's one of the Morn guys in the back. Yeah. Allurian. He's Allurian. Uh, in a Starfleet uniform as well. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but he looks the same. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because we were told Morn looks different from most Lurians because he lost all of his hair because of the latinum in his stomach. But all the other Lurians we've seen also have no hair. So we've just like coincidentally all always seen bald Lurians. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe because they're all eating latinum, like they have latinum drive throughs <laughs> Yeah, maybe something like that. They're just storing latinum in their second stomachs. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I didn't even remember that part that you just said. So, yeah, that doesn't make sense that they're all bald. <laughs> but Saru, we see him yeah. now. Okay. I'm going to guess he's not necessarily the first officer, but he's got another role because he's wearing some pin on that black stripe on his uniform. Yeah, and I haven't taken a good close look at that pin but I'm wondering if it has something to do with like a diplomatic posting or diplomacy or something, because my mind, and again, I just watched the trailer twice through, I didn't pause or anything on any of these things, but my mind goes back to Star Trek for the voyage home. And we see the members of the Federation council and they wear these kind of pins, these kind of dangly pins. Some of them are in uniform. It seems weird. There's so many military in the Federation council, but that's okay. Star Trek four made their choices, whatever, but the, yeah, the, these like pins they wear. And I think the Federation president wears one at one point in Star Trek four as well. It says like UFP on it or something like that. And for whatever reason, my mind went to those again. I have no idea if they look even close to that, but that's where my brain went. That's kind of where I, well, yours went much further than mine. Cause you're smarter about this stuff than I am. But I was just like, it's a pin. Nobody else is wearing a pin. So he's got some, Special status role. or yeah, something. Yeah, something. Um, I mean, I was going to say maybe even an ambassador, but I don't think he'd be in a Starfleet uniform. So, yeah, he's got some special status within Starfleet because he's in a Starfleet uniform and he's also serving on the bridge. We see him there on the bridge, but deferring to Burnham as, you know, captain, like ready to go, right? So, but I think, and we speculated this before, but Tilly, I think, is probably the first officer. Um, there seemed to be some emphasis of the relationship of Burnham and Tilly on the panel uh, mm -hmm. for, the, for the discovery. And then, I mean, I didn't look that closely, but everybody's talking how she is a lieutenant. So she did get her promotion. Hmm. That's pretty cool. I hadn't caught that. The other thing with Saru that I'm wondering is we see the discovery under Burnham might be going rogue or something this season. I'm wondering if Saru maybe isn't normally on the bridge or assigned to the bridge necessarily, but is just kind of along for the ride and like is going to help the discovery do whatever it is they're doing or something. And he's kind of going rogue with them or something. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, I don't think he's a permanent fixture. There's a reason yeah. why he's on the bridge this time. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. But, you know, they're going to make it, whatever he is, it's not going to be like, oh, he's been knocked down to first officer. No. Because of yeah. that pin. We know that, no, you know, it's like, Saru got his promotion to captain. He's still good. He's happy. <laughs> you know, he's not mad at Burnham. At least I hope not. <laughs> I mean, it was his idea to put Burnham there in the seat, so. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, exciting. Uh, and then we have the key art. Did you see mm -hmm. that? I love that key art. That's beautiful. Her time is now with that gorgeous shot of the captain's chair and Burnham behind it. I love it. I think that's beautiful. In fact, I'm, I'm intending at some point to change the banner on our Facebook page to that key art, maybe as we get closer to discovery, because that's Ooh. pretty cool. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I like the key art too. It's uh, it's beautiful. I like the chair. It has almost like a gold glow to it too, you know? The arms are very golden. It just feels rich, the whole thing, you know? And that, mm -hmm. that uniform. I just love that uniform, you know? So, all right. Uh, I'm, I'm sweating now. <laughs> so excited. Is there anything <laughs> else you want to talk about Discovery before we move on to Prodigy? I don't think so. Other than that, I'm really excited for Discovery. And, uh, you know, 
people have accused me in various places of just being a CBS shill and a cheerleader or whatever, but I'm genuinely excited for this show. I've enjoyed every season that's come out and I'm really looking forward to season four and seeing where they go with it. Yeah. I mean, I'll admit I'm biased. I mean, if it's Star Trek, you're a got a point for me. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I'm always like, I'm already like, okay, I'm excited about this. Now I hope it's even you know, really good. And you know, I don't know, but I do think discovery is a good show. I'm really enjoying it probably more than I should, <laughs> but I'm like that with everything. Star Trek. I'm probably liking it more than I should, but you guys know what we're talking about. Cause you're all like us, right? We just, we're fans. That's, that's the thing. We're so into it. It's like, I was talking to somebody the other day who's a big Yankees fan and he was very disappointed that his team lost. And he's like, Bruce, how do I deal with this? how, yeah, it's just, oh, I just, it affects my whole day. It just brings me down. And, you know, and so we were discussing and I thought, this is how I feel like sometimes when I talk to fans of Star Trek or even Star Wars or whatever, when they're like, I just didn't like that movie and it's really bothering me. <laughs> so we're just like sports fans, you know, we can paint yeah. our faces too. And the important thing to remember too is you're allowed to not like things as well. Like that's fine. You know, if if you're not as excited about Discovery this season, that's totally fine. You know, I'm not here to berate anybody for not liking the same things I like. And just as I'm not here to yuck anybody else's yum if they like something that I don't, you know, that's that's fine. Yeah. Again, I don't like black olives, you know, so people, some love black olives. I don't. But I will say if it's Star Trek, more than likely I'm going to like it. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be times where I say, like, I didn't care for this that much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, again, I always use food as an analogy. I love cheeseburgers and I've never really met a cheeseburger that I didn't like. There's some that are really good and some that are just like, eh, not very great, but I still liked it. <laughs> <laughs> that and French fries. Mm, yeah. Tater tots. I had a big thing for tater tots for a while, but I've gotten over that, which is good because I, I, I was getting tired of trying to find restaurants that serve tater tots when I'm not home. So um, <laughs> speaking of tater tots, kids love tater tots and kids will hopefully love Prodigy. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you like that segue. So um, right before we went to record, uh, you watched the clip. So mm-hmm. I just watched it too. So we're kind of fresh off of this panel. We didn't get to see the panel. I just want to mention that we didn't see either panel. We didn't pay for the virtual tickets. So we're just going by what we've been finding online. And as I just mentioned, the panel ended not that long ago, maybe an hour or so ago, two hours at the most. But it was, we weren't at the screening, unfortunately. I I haven't seen anything yet because it's been too soon. But I haven't seen anybody online talking about the screening have you seen anything yet uh i just saw that uh that trek movie had finished their watching the screening and we're going to be doing a review okay cool all right well everybody look for that we haven't seen it yet we'll probably talk about that next time (laughs) but the clip um i really enjoyed this clip because just getting to the feel of what it's going to feel like just a regular scene in the show Mm -hmm. and seeing the main cast on the bridge. And if anything, Janeway, I mean, just hearing her voice speaking to these kids got me all excited. Yeah. I was, you know, cause we've heard her in a previous trailer and stuff. It was, it was cool to see her here as well. For me, what I really enjoyed, and and again, I just watched it for the first time, like 10 minutes ago or, or when we started recording, I loved hearing the other characters because, you know, not just yelling a line here and there in a trailer, but hearing them converse with each other and seeing some of those relationships, which we've never, we hadn't really seen much of before. I really liked that. And, uh, the the one character Gwyn is I think tied up in the captain's chair yeah. or something, and then there's there's some sort of a little bit of a arguing of who's in command at some point between her and and the other main character there. So hmm, interesting, and also uh, Jankum Pog the Tellerite and his interaction with the Janeway hologram. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was fun too. Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, Dow I think is the the guy. Dow the right? Guy. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I liked all that too. I didn't even notice that Gwen was tied up on the first watch and then the second watch, that's when it stood out to me. I was like, oh wow, she's tied. Like, what's going on there? You know? And why the captain's chair? You know? And she claims she's the captain. Then Dow claims, no, I'm the captain. And Janeway's just like, oh, sounds like you guys, you know, a bit confused or whatever she says. I don't remember. Well, yeah, every, everybody kind of gasps and goes, huh? And she's like, hmm, quite a vote for, vote of confidence from your crew there or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm Catherine Janeway, your training advisor. I'm a hologram based on one of the most decorated captains in Starfleet history, programmed to assist the Protostar's crew on their journey back to Federation space. Ugh. She's hideous. Why is her forehead so smooth? Ugh. You're no summer peach either, Tellerite. Ha 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 ha! Pog likes her! What's a Fredder? Federation? What Starfleet crew doesn't know the Federation? Where's your captain? Right here. I am the captain. And I order you to return us to Tarzan. Lord, forgive her! She's delirious. Her brain's sick with space flu. I'm in command of this ship. Uh, Quite a vote of confidence. I'm only here to offer advice and maintain the Protostar's lower-level functions. Everything else is up to your crew. But I believe there is something you aren't being truthful about. Uh. <laughs> we did get confirmation that Chakotay will be in Prodigy, mm-hmm. as it kind of slipped earlier from Robert Beltran, but it's been confirmed for sure that Captain Chicote will be in Prodigy. Yeah, that's interesting, as well as some other casting news that I'm really excited about for Prodigy as well. So really cool stuff for that show. Yeah. Um, Jason Alexander, who most as everybody knows from Seinfeld, is going to be on here as Dr. Noom, I guess. I don't know what if mm-hmm. I pronounce it. It's N-O-U-M. Like now. Noom, noom or something. Yeah. Noom or yeah. yeah, Jason Alexander. That's exciting. This is actually, of course, his return to the Star Trek universe. He was a guest star in a Voyager episode, Think Tank, of course. We have David Diggs as Commander Tysus, an Andorian. Uh, that's pretty cool. You, you might know him as a member of the original Broadway cast of Hamilton. That's pretty cool. Uh, so I'm I'm assuming like we're going to see more of Starfleet, I think, than we kind of initially thought we would with this show. Yeah. Which again, makes me wonder if we're getting back to the alpha quadrant from the mm-hmm. ship, you know? Yeah. Or if we'll see like them trying to get back to the alpha quadrant, but at the same time we'll see in the alpha quadrant, like a concurrent storyline of them uh, trying to find the ship or something, maybe like that. That's um, a good point. They could be serving under captain Chicote. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. And then though, the, the of these three new cast members, the one I'm most excited about, Jamila Jamil as Ensign Essencia, Essencia is my guess, who's a trill. I love Jamila Jamil from The Good Place. She's incredible. I'm so excited that she's going to be a part of Star Trek now, too. Like, I'm just like, oh, my God, this is so exciting. I love her. But if you don't follow her on Twitter, my God, please do. She's a wonderful human being. Really? Okay. I re- I'm not really familiar with her. She looks familiar to me, but like you said, the good place. I'm like, okay, that's probably where I've seen her. I've never watched the show, but through promos and other things, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm just look- looking at her bio right now as you're talking. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to check her out. I'll follow her on Twitter. So, mm. okay. Yeah. So quite exciting prodigy. And when did we say that's coming? See, I don't have my notes. What end of November? No, end of October. Yeah, no, what, that's coming in just, just a few weeks. Yeah, October 28th. Yeah, that's right, the 28th. Wow. Okay. Jeez, Bruce, you got to be on top of this stuff. <laughs> I know. I'm, I got all confused. I, I was like, because I remember there was a week, uh, there was a gap of a week between, well, two weeks between Lower Decks and then the premiere Prodigy. That yeah, there's a it's, week off. There's just one week off. Yeah. So we've got our new episode of Lower Decks coming this week. Then nothing the week after, and the week after that, Prodigy. So it's it's coming very fast. Wait, what are we what are we going to do in that one week off? The same thing we do every week off. Try to take over the world. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they got a swag bag. People who went to this panel and the screening, I saw someone had like a, a Prodigy bag, 
and it had two t-shirts in. One was a black t-shirt with the Prodigy logo. It said Nickelodeon Star Trek Prodigy Paramount Plus original. And then another white t-shirt that had the whole uh, animated cast on on the front. That's so, cool. I hadn't seen that. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know if there was more stuff in there, but... Uh, oh, I'm looking. I see a guy that tweeted. He said there was a... I guess maybe the white shirt. So he said my custom shirt. So yeah. I, oh, I did see someone saying they were doing custom shirts. So I got... I guess you got to pick what you wanted on your your white t-shirt or whatever. So yeah. And you get to sit in the captain's chair. They had that there too. I mean, it's not animated (laughs) because it wouldn't be real, (laughs) but I guess it's a chair based on it. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. So anyway, and I saw Kate Mulgrew sitting in a captain's chair, which gave me chills. Oh, that's exciting. I'm, I'm so happy for her return to Star Trek and Janeway's return. I think that's really cool. I'm really, I'm really excited. Voyager, like I've said, was never my favorite Star Trek series, but it was still Star Trek and I still really enjoyed it. And uh, I'm loving, I'm, I love to see it getting this kind of recognition with the new series. Me too. Me too. And then on to other things. We briefly talked about this on a previous episode, but this has also been confirmed. There's a lot of confirmation going on on today's show. <laughs> But it's confirmed that William Shatner is indeed going to space at the age of 90 years old, the oldest man to ever go to space. I kind of, I'm kind of, I don't know what I think about this. I mean, I guess I think it's cool. Anybody who's going to space, I think is cool. And it's Captain Kirk, right? I mean, I know it's not really Captain Kirk, but who would have thought in the 60s that, you know, this man who's playing a captain of a starship would one day indeed go to space. It's pretty cool. It's it's an interesting story. You know, I, I love the the kind of things from fans out there saying like, hey, when Kirk gets back from space, make sure everybody's wearing sashes and fake goatees. Yes. <laughs> and the other one I saw, it's like, let's all dress up as the apes from Planet of the Apes for when William Shatner gets back from space. It's, it's fun. <laughs> People are having fun with it. Um, and, and, you know, good for him. Honestly, uh, I hate to say it, but if I had the money, I, I would probably do the same thing. So, yeah, you know, but is, is he doing it because he has the money or are they doing it as a publicity thing? I don't know. Well, some, somebody has the money cause it costs <laughs> $20 million. So, you Gosh, know, yeah. Uh, I didn't think of better things to spend that money on, but that's, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> it's just jealousy. He gets to go and we don't. But you know probably what? a little bit. There's probably some of that. <laughs> but you know what? When he gets up there, he'll probably be listening to this podcast, you know, while he's up there, right? I mean, because I think he listens. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. I don't know where you get those numbers from, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I, isn't it like you're only up there for like three minutes or something? You're not up there long. Yeah, it's not a, not a long flight at all. No. Yeah. That's a lot of money for such a short flight. <laughs> Right. Yep. Yeah. I can think of better things to do. Like uh, maybe a book like Brett Spiner is coming out with a book, like invest in writing a book or something with my time. So we, I think we've mentioned about this, too, that he's coming out with his own little novel here. <laughs> I'm saying little novel, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, it's called Fan Fiction. And uh, it's kind of inspired on true events that happened to him. It's actually the character in the book is Brent Spiner, but he's taking kind of experience in his life and kind of mixing it up and some fiction. And it's not really true stories, but some are based on true stories. And so it's going to be this little thriller type fun fiction thing. But the thing that gets me excited is the audiobook because the TNG cast We'll be doing the audiobook with him. And I think that's what I'm going to get. Yeah, this is pretty cool. And and this would be a lot of fun to listen to. So, yeah, it, it is a novel. We should emphasize that, I think. But the novel's title is Fan Fiction, a memoir inspired by true events. So a little bit of, you know, clever advertising with the title there. So, you know, but it is a novel inspired by true events, not based 
specifically on on actual real events. But yeah, the TNG stars joining in for this audiobook. We have LeVar Burton, Michael Dorn, Jonathan Frakes, Gates McFadden, Marina Sirtis, Patrick Stewart, and Jeannie Francis, uh, also in the cast, not from TNG, but also in the voice cast for this audiobook. Uh, so this is pretty cool. I think this would be a lot of fun to listen to for sure. Yeah. I mean, when he mentioned the book was coming out, I was like, eh, I don't know, maybe I'll read it. It's it's not really the typical thing I read, but yeah, I might read it. But then when I heard the audiobook and the cast, I'm like, okay, this is going to be fun. I definitely want to listen to this. So I think uh, it's coming out. Well, when this episode drops, <laughs> you guys are hearing this uh, on the day the book comes out, which is October 12th. So hardcover and ebook. And I guess then the audiobook comes out at the same time. So check those out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, I'll, I'll be sure to put links to, uh, purchase that in the show notes as well so that would be yeah very cool yeah there's some out. clips in the article that we have in that link too so yeah. uh you can check those out too i still find gold in my you know various pores you came on the set and it was hard not to think that you were on a space station they were all incredible it was just spectacular. There's an actor who's now out of work. My heart broke. When he came down with a brain tumor, I wanted to send a get well card to the tumor. I said, I'll rewrite it as long as Gene Roddenberry did not put word on paper. We are at each other's throats. It was just almost physically impossible for us to generate 26 episodes. I'd given up any hope of a marriage. Any hope of having a child of my own. Spock dies in the second act? You gotta be kidding me. Well, this doesn't seem to be what we set out to do. You don't leave somebody out while everybody's talking about them. That just pisses them off. I always thought that we were in jeopardy. I mean, we went longer than the original series. Watch out. And when you get what we call spontaneous erections and you're wearing a onesie. They offered me less money for Star Trek three, then Star Trek two. I waved goodbye in the camera. And I went, oh, I think I'm done. I think I have to move on from the show. I said to my agent, get me out of this contract. Get me off the show. I'm just at Paramount trying to produce my first motion picture, and I get death threats. He said, we have a problem. Shatner hates the script. Oh, that's it. We're done. We're toast. That's show business, baby. Okay, Dan, you know, when we talked yesterday, I was not too pleased about something. <laughs> I've, I've kind of worked it out a little. I'm not as worked up about it as I was before. But, you know, we have this documentary series coming to the History Channel called The Center Seat. It's celebrating 55 years of Star Trek in this docuseries. And of course, mm-hmm. this is something that I would want to watch. And I still want to watch it because you got all these people who've been associated with Star Trek actors and people behind the scenes and showrunners and writers and whoever else. But man, this trailer really put me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's an eight part docuseries on the History Channel. We've we've talked about it before when they announced it a few months ago. Uh, now, like you say, we have an official trailer and you and I have both watched this trailer and I think kind of got the same thing from it where, you know, it's made up of just clips. There's, they're not really talking much about what the series is going to be about. It's just clips from the interviews in the series with this weird emphasis on controversial topics, I'd guess, with like people voicing their anger about things and bad relationships with co-workers and issues that arose on the set all very kind of negative like a negative slant on all of this stuff and i have to imagine and you and i talked about this i have to imagine that the entire eight episode series isn't all going to be negative like that this is just one of those trailers to get the normal people out there to watch the series because the Star Trek fans, we're all going to try and watch this or find a way to watch it. I think it's the general public they want to get watching it as well. And to do that, 
you have to have controversy and negativity and it feels like, and, and I'm not meaning to insult anybody out there. I'm, I'm not trying to paint with too broad a brush, but it feels like they're marketing to like the reality show crowd, maybe who kind of like a bit of that drama, that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I'm hoping the series isn't all like this, but the trailer definitely does make it seem like it is. I told my wife about the trailer. She didn't watch it, but I told her and she said what you just said. It feels like they're trying to go for the reality show type crowd or something. And I mean, I get it, but that's the thing that disappoints me. I mean, this show is called Positively Trek, this podcast, right? And this is the anti-Positively Trek. This is about all the controversy. Like, you would think when you watch this trailer that Star Trek is so deep into just all kinds of messed up reality show type things that would happen. I mean, I wrote down a lot what everybody said. I'm not going to read it all, but I mean, just like going through it, it's like, you know... Uh, wanting to send a get well card to the tumor, to whoever it was that has the tumor, <laughs> you know, and then I'll rewrite it. If, if Gene Runberry doesn't put a word on paper, we're at each other's throats. It's physically yeah. impossible to generate 26. I've given up on having a marriage or even a child. Get me out of this contract. Get me out of the show. I get death threats. We have problems. Shatner hates the script. We're done. We're to, I mean, it's just like, yeah. All this stuff just goes off and it's like, man, I had no idea. Why would anybody in their right mind ever want to be on Star Trek? It sounds like hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we we definitely heard that. And, and the there is a lot of negativity there. I think the only part in there that I actually kind of laughed a little bit at was uh, Sirach Lofton's recounting of his experiences. But even that's kind of like a negative thing. Um, but you know, something that I think, uh, young, young gentlemen can relate to. So, you know, that there was that aspect of it, but yeah, uh, I, I really hope the content is, this isn't like representative of the content of the series. I hope, you know, there'll be some of that obviously, but I hope that's not the main takeaway. I hope the main takeaway is the positive impact that Star Trek has had on the world and why it has lasted 55 years and why it continues to be something important. Like, I really hope that's kind of the takeaway from it, but this, this trailer does give me pause a little bit. Yeah. But then when the discovery trailer came out and like we discussed earlier, it's one of those things where I'm like, well, you can't really judge something by the trailer. Right. So to your point, I think this series will be fine. I think it's something we'll enjoy. And yes, I, I'm not saying they shouldn't, address some of these things i mean that's okay it's just the way the trailer hypes that up just like the discovery sh trailer shows like action but the whole series is just constant action right so you know uh, yeah we'll see but anyway it's coming out this fall as of this recording we don't have an exact date yet but be on the lookout for the center seat and look at the trailer and let us know what you think yeah and i'm sure we'll talk about it on the show too i'm not sure uh, we don't have a, an exact uh, release date yet, I don't believe, but it, it will be out this fall. We'll talk about it, I'm sure. There'll be some interesting topics of discussion, yes, hopefully, sure. that, to come out of that. I'm sure we'll watch it, and I'm sure we'll mention something about it, just like <laughs> we do with comics. So Star Trek Year 5 has been running its comic series for the last couple years, and the last issue came out just recently, issue number 25, and it's an epilogue to the series. Now, I've read all the issues, even this one, and I'm not going to say too much about it, but I will say I was a little disappointed with it. So, Oh, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Again, I like all things Star Trek. It's not that I don't like it. It just wasn't all that great. But it... This is the thing that gets me. This is like a bonus issue because it was really going to run just 24 issues. And this is the epilogue. So they came out with a bonus issue number 25. And it's got four extra pages to it. So you are getting a little more to it. And I mean, there's, there's an aspect without giving anything away. There is something in here that I really, really liked a lot. The rest of it was just okay, all right, for me. But there was something in here towards the end that I really enjoyed. And I think that's worth the price of the comic. Cool. So. I, I can't wait till we do our review uh, in an upcoming 
uh, book club episode. That's right, because we'll do whatever issues are in the last um, trade paperback when it comes out that combines this. We'll do that on a book club episode. So, but yeah, check it out. Go get number 25 of year five. It's the last issue. It's available now. And then, Dan, what is this thing that you put in here? Star Trek Adventures? They have, I had no idea they're doing a year five adventure book. Yeah. So this is kind of a cool tie in. So, like you said, we've been reading the year five comics and enjoying them and that sort of thing. Now, Star Trek Adventures, for those of you who might not know, is a tabletop RPG game by Modiphius in the style of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I have a bunch of the stuff when it first came out and I have not had any time to learn the game or play it or anything much to my chagrin. It still sits unopened and I'm very sad about that. I don't have anybody to play with. Oh, I'll play with you. <laughs> I'd love to. That would be great. You know, most of the time I've owned it, we've, we've been in the midst of a, of a pandemic too. So I haven't gotten a bunch of people around a table locally to play it either, but maybe zoom or something that would be fun. But They've just announced uh, or they've created a new tie in to the Star Trek year five comics for the Star Trek Adventures RPG. And it's a it's a digital downloadable supplement, 26 pages, and it draws content from the year five series adapted for use with the Star Trek Adventures game, ready to be added to ongoing missions and campaigns that you're playing. So uh, it's pretty cool. You don't have to read the comic book series to get it, but it showcases some of the unique storytelling from the comics in some, you know, new factions, new situations, uh, 12 new non-playable characters, five new starships to use as allies or adversaries. Seems pretty cool. I just, I wanted to highlight this because it's unique. You know, I love when, I guess different parts of the Star Trek universe kind of mix. And I've never heard of like them doing a comic inspired mission in a Star Trek tabletop RPG. I think that's just so cool. I agree. This so thrills me. I don't play Star Trek adventures. I too would like to, but I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy the ebook edition of this just because I want to see it. I, I want to look through it because I really did enjoy the year five comics. That whole series I thought was really good. And I, yeah, I want to see how this works in, you know, I, when I was in college and high school, I remember people doing D and D I've only tried playing D and D one time, like my junior year of university. And I mean, it was just like a, it was a minute of the thing. Yeah. It wasn't barely anything. And I never really heard about D&D much ever again until the last few years. People are always mentioning D&D to me and you should play it. You should do it. But I keep every time they say that, I keep thinking, yeah, but I kind of want to do Star Trek Adventures if it's like D&D. Mm -hmm. I'd rather make it a Star Trek thing, you know? Yeah. Maybe I this is my way in. That would be cool. I, I remember when this first came out, when Star Trek Adventures first came out, like I said, I bought a bunch of the stuff, the the like starter pack and and all that stuff. And I was pretty ambitious. You know, I was like, maybe we can do a YouTube series or a podcast where we're playing this weekly or something. And it just never materialized. I never took the time to learn the game or uh, really get into it. And, I, you know, again, I just look at like how much time I have and all this sort of stuff. And it feels like, oh, there's just but you know what? This would be fun. And I think worth making the time for at some point. So you know, maybe we just need to bite the bullet and, and do something like that. I think it would be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, if there weren't new Star Trek coming out every week and two a week for the next little while, uh, I don't know, but we'll figure something out. I think it would be fun. I was just going to say, we should tell Viacom CBS to stop making Star Trek shows so we can focus <laughs> on Star Trek adventures. <laughs> Could you just, just hold off for a few months? Yeah. No. <laughs> God, no. But yeah. I mean, again, this is such a good problem to have. You know, we have yeah. a Star Trek series. <laughs> we have Star Trek adventures. Yeah. Talk about first world problems, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, I want to get this book. It's $6. I'm... I'm curious enough to spend the $6 to look through it. I'm really, I do want to see this. So even that's, it would be the, it would be the first Star Trek adventures thing I've ever got. So who knows? We might be starting something here. <laughs> Never know. Could be fun. Well, 
You know what else is fun? Action figures, Dan. You were talking earlier how much you would love to see Discovery action figures in the new uniforms. Well, let's go back to the old school stuff and get Spock (laughs) from TOS as an action figure at Target, which is an exclusive of Spock at Target. Now, it's Spock as a three and three quarter inch scale figure. He's in his TOS uniform with tricorder. And he, he's not holding the tricorder. He's got the strap on, you know, it's hanging from him. And he's got his right hand up, live long and prosper. So that's the figure. But what is unique is the packaging. He's actually embedded into the live long prosper hand salute, which actually is pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. We should probably say like who makes this figure and and stuff. It's by a company called Super 7 uh, distributed by them. And it's part of uh, the reaction line of figures, which was previously done by Funko. Yeah, this is the first TOS character released by Super 7. Maybe suggests more to come. Nothing announced right now. But yeah, this is this is the first uh, Star Trek version of this. And the packaging, like you say, is really cool. I think this, I I don't know that this is something that I'm going to get. It's not really the style of things that I like, but I'd love to see this on the toy store wall. I think that looks really cool. Yeah. I can't remember if this article that we have that mentions when it's coming out, because I do want to go look and see it. I want to see it in the store. Oh, it says May of 2022. Mm -hmm. So. We've got some time. Wonder what things will be like in May of 2022. You know? Oh, I, I've, I've given up speculating because my speculations from the last year and a half have just been so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man, I don't know. May, that'll be a, a month after the Chicago Star Trek convention. Yeah. Oh man. It's coming so fast. Everything's moving so crazy fast. Oh, I know. <sighs> And my daughter graduates high school. My youngest daughter graduates in May. Wow. That's amazing. Oh, I hate this because people go, oh, you guys will be empty nesters. And I'm just like, gosh, that makes me feel old when people say you're an empty (laughs) nester. I'm thinking, no, I'll just like go back and do improv and other things again. Like I used to do. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Then Funko, like you mentioned, so they've got their little pop figures, and we've got a new Spock one of him in the captain's chair. So this is the third one that we've received in the past year from them, because there was one where he was with Isis, a Spock and Isis figure, Isis the little cat, and then the mirror Spock. So uh, Mm -hmm. they've done several Spocks. Yeah, I mean, Spock sells, right? He's he's the face of Star Trek for the most part, for the people who aren't big Star Trek fans, right? He's the recognizable one. So it makes sense that that the pop culture mainstays would kind of focus on Spock. So, yeah, he must must do very well for them if they keep selling Spocks. (laughs) (laughs) I just wonder if any of our listeners are big Spock collectors. I don't mean Star Hmm. Trek collecting in general. I mean, just like Spock, like they have every Spock figure that's come out, pop figure, whatever it is. Every Spock whatever, that they've got a Spock shrine or Spock room, you know? Mm. Well, I do know, of course, a friend of the show, Brandy Jackala, maybe doesn't have every Spock thing that's ever come out, but she does definitely have a Spock shrine and a Spock room that she has there. So shout out to you, Brandy. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny you said that because I was thinking of her when I was saying that. Of course, yeah. (laughs) Because she's got a Spock cutout, cardboard cutout, you know, Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. But yeah, she doesn't have everything like you're saying, but yeah, she's a big Spock fan. But aren't we all really? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, last thing. And again, I've never, even to this day, bought any Hallmark figures of any kind. But Dan, you are so much into these ornaments, I should say, not figures, but ornaments, Hallmark ornaments for Christmas. We're getting the HMS Bounty Klingon Bird of Prey from Star Trek IV for the 35th anniversary. Yeah, well, not so much we're getting. This was an exclusive uh exclusive ornament released for the San Diego Comic-Con. And a few days ago, when you put this in the notes... I did immediately click it and they were of course already sold out because it's a convention exclusive. 
Uh, but very, very cool. Really wish I could have gotten my hands on it, but it is very beautiful. It's a, it's a metal, um, metal ornament, which they don't tend to do. They tend to be plastic. This one's metal and it's the bird of prey specifically from Star Trek four and very specifically from there because it's got the little HMS bounty spray painted on the underside, like, like McCoy did in Star Trek four. So beautiful ornament really wish i could have gotten this uh and yeah if you're listening to this if you don't already have it folks you're too late look on ebay people are probably selling it for way more than they paid for it wow that's just crazy they already sold out because i see on here they had three thousand seven hundred fifty, and they were offering them also the first day at new york comic-con but i guess yeah they're gone that's sad Dan, I wish I would have known. I could have tried to get it for you. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I never have any luck with the uh, the convention exclusive stuff that you order online. A few years ago, I can't remember. I think it was for San Diego Comic-Con. They had a Hot Wheels car and it was, you know, that iconic photo of Leonard Nimoy in his Spock makeup with his arms folded, leaning on the front of his brand new yeah. car. They put out a Hot Wheels version of that with a little Spock leaning on it in this display. And that year I was ready this year. I was not ready. I was like, Oh, I forgot about this and went online and it had already been like a day and they were all sold out. But the hot wheels one, I went online like the minute they were supposed to go on sale and tried to order it. And it was sold out like within, within like a minute. I was so disappointed. I tried so hard to get that one. (laughs) And you know, they're on eBay and going for probably a couple hundred dollars which is crazy yeah yeah. oh well (laughs) well i see here on october 16th which isn't that far away they're coming out with an ensign pavel Chekhov mirror universe one yeah so this is continuing the storytellers mirror universe ornaments that started last year uh we talked with kevin dilmore briefly about those in a previous episode and uh, yeah, so this year it's uh, Mirror Spock, which came out earlier this year, and Mirror Chekhov, which, like you said, comes out uh, just a little bit later this month, very shortly after this episode drops. So those of you who are building that Storyteller's Collection, myself included, you'll want to make sure to pick these up. Oh, yeah. Actually, no, I, I just got word here from Kevin at, at Hallmark that that figure is delayed until uh, late November. So no one go looking for it this this month so that Dan can go get it before <laughs> anybody else does. <laughs> no. Well, I will say, luckily, like this is not a convention exclusive or anything like that. So you'll probably be able to find it easily enough. They won't sell out like the HMS Bounty did. They're not limited or anything like that. So by all means, go out October 16th. Buy your check of, it'll be fine. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Okay, good. Because I don't want you to miss out on this again. So that's good. <laughs> well, that's, unfortunately, that's all we have. I mean, gosh, we went through so much and it still wasn't enough, Dan. Just still wasn't enough. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty satisfied. This is This is a good crop of Star Trek stuff. Actually, there is one thing I was going to mention that I forgot. The Mirror War comic series has started. Issue Zero came out, and Issue One is now out this week. So if you like the comics about the TNG group as Mirror Universe characters, go check this out. It's available available from IDW. Definitely. Looking forward to that. We'll cover those, of course, in an upcoming book club episode as well uh probably when they're all kind of released as an omnibus or something like that uh but the big thing of course this week star trek wise is the season finale of star trek lower decks coming on thursday so no oh man i've been told by the way by people in the know i i haven't been given any spoilers or anything specific but a couple people who have seen the episode already have told me that you're just, you're not going to want to miss it. I mean, we wouldn't anyway, but they're, they were blown away by something specific in the episode. So I don't know what that is. I don't know. I'm just like, you know, really excited. What does that mean? I need to know. 
I, I don't know. We'll just we'll know in a few days. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. And then we just yep, the next week we have off, and then well, I mean the show will still go on, but as fans, we won't have any new Star Trek until two weeks after this, and then Prodigy, and then just a few weeks after that, Discovery starts, and we'll we'll have our plates full of new Star Trek. Definitely. It's like you said, it's a, it's an okay problem to have. <laughs> and then the Coda books. I mean, I, I've read the first one. I'm so stoked to read the second one. So yeah, uh, plans are to have Dayton Ward on the next book club. We're still just working out schedules. So maybe it's not coming out this week. Maybe it's next week. I don't know. We'll find, we'll figure it all out, but just so everybody knows, yes, we, we plan to talk to Dayton about the first Coda book. Absolutely. So, Dan, when people want to talk about anything Star Trek with you, where can they find you? On Twitter at Kurtrats, youtube.com slash Kurtrats Productions, and the Positively Trek discussion group on Facebook. Yeah, that's a good group there. You're I like a good it. company. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there too. And I'm also on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. That's Admiral with the underline Rex. Hey, and you know, thanks for following me, people. My numbers just, my followers just keep going up. They like stayed flat for the longest time. And once I broke a thousand, now they're, they're moving again. And uh, yeah, so I'm also occasionally been on the Star Wars Report podcast and Literary Trek. So check those out. And that's about it. So thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thank you to our patrons for your contributions to the podcast and to our listeners for all of your support and just being really cool people. So appreciate it a lot. So until next time, everyone, you know what we always say. Stay positive. Yeah. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.